Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. The Riddle by Lots of Oranges Outside on AO3. Rating General Audiences. So, are you going to tell me? He pumps his eyebrows at her while lounging on her sofa. She hates to admit that she finds a whiny molder adorable at times. But of course, this is something he should never find out. You're an investigator, Mulder. You figure it out, Scully says coyly, as she keeps typing. She doesn't think he will, though. No pass. No go. It's how this game is played. Do I get a kiss from the fair maiden for solving the riddle? He says, hopefully. And she shakes her head. She wants to tell him that there's nothing to figure out, really. Let's see. Queequeg0925 at Hotmail.com He stares at the screen with such an intense expression that makes her want to laugh. You got this email when? Hmm, a little over a year ago. She really doesn't remember. Do you really love that dog that much, Scully? Mulder suddenly looks sad and reaches to grab her hand. No, Scully answers honestly. She pretends to be reading over the email she just finished writing to her mother, but in reality, she's remembering her last dog. True, she had the fur ball for eight short months, but he did learn his new name and liked to snuggle with her while watching television. In a sense, she's sadder at the idea of it. She hasn't had a dog in all of her adult life, and when fate finally gifted her one, he died on his first field case. Mulder hated that thing, she recalls. Sure, Queequeg had accidentally bitten Mulder a few times, and Mulder had accidentally stepped on his tail a few times too, so they should call it even. But it did seem like they were always fighting for her attention when they were in each other's company. Mulder did do a casualty report as well as file for a loss of personal goods insurance report for her, and he gave her two days to play hooky. He even joked about holding a funeral for it, which she quickly rejected. She wasn't some six-year-old losing a pet for the first time. Plus, there wasn't even a body to bury. We held a lot of fish funerals as kids, Mulder had told her gravely. Sam always cried. I was the priest and the grave digger. Did you cry? Yeah, when my dog died. He then shifted uncomfortably in his seat. It was sad. That seems like yesterday. Poor Mulder. He probably still blames himself for the death of her dog, she thinks. You didn't love the mutt much, but his name ends up being your handle for your personal email address? Mulder's sneer brings her out of her reverie. She quickly moves her fingers to click send, and her laptop makes a whooshing sound. I wanted something personal enough without giving too much away, she explains. No one but you at the FBI knew about me having a dog named Queequeg. Nor do they know about your obsession with Moby Dick, he adds. Man, let's keep it that way. What about the number, Scully? Is it a date? He peruses. What date? 0925. September 25th? Whose birthday is it? Does she detect a note of jealousy in Mulder's voice? It's not. It's no one's birthday, she quickly denies. But Mulder doesn't give up so easily. Well... You aren't the type to just use a random number for something like this. And you said it's not a birthday. 
He's seriously wrecking his brain over this, Scully realizes. Mulder. Now I gotta figure it out, don't I? He winks at her. Well, it's not your phone number, nor your house number. It's not your extension at the lab, not your agent number. How would you know my agent number, Mulder? You never remember those things, she laughs. Well, it isn't. I don't know what it is, but I know what it isn't. Am I right? She nods silently. This is your personal email, so the number most likely has nothing to do with work. Yet it's meaningful enough to be used. Scully actually wishes that he would just drop this altogether. The number was meaningful at one point in her life. She had a bike in elementary school, and it came with a number lock. Ahab had helped set it up with her and praised her for coming up with the number. Not a birthday or something easily guessed. And he was so proud. It was part of her childhood that no one knew. And the only other person who knew about this was Ahab. As much as Mulder knows about her, and as much as she knows about Mulder, he's going to think that she's trying to keep a part of her from him by not telling the significance of 0925. It must have been something silly yet important for a nine-year-old, but for God's sake, she has no idea what it is anymore. Well, it's not the day we kissed for the first time, not the day we first made love. Why doesn't it surprise me that you would remember those, Scully deadpans? Sure I do, especially considering you got the email before any of that happened. He flashes her a smile. Want to give me a hint? Is it a romantic thing? A special date I should know? He strokes his jaw with his thumb, pensive and serious and absurd. September 1997, he mumbles. Sweetie, Scully places her laptop on the coffee table and stands up from the couch. Bending down so they're at eye level, she announces, As much as I love you, I must say that 0925 isn't about you, Mulder. Not everything is about you, you know. She says it lightly and jokingly, hoping he'd let it go without any hurt feelings. I know not everything is about me, Scully. He looks up at her earnestly, his green eyes and the soft yellow light emitted by her lamp. Everything is about us, though, Scully. She no longer cares about the question of his riddle. He's got the answer that deserves a kiss from the fair maiden. Yes, pass. Yes, go. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there. <laughs>